We are back <laughs> with another episode of Comic Quest. I am joined by Aaron from Future Retrospect. How are you doing, Aaron? I am doing good. I see you have a fresh cut. I do. Yeah, it was it was overdue. I, you know, quarantine, lockdown. I had skipped haircuts for a while, and now we are back into the world of the civilized. And I figured I should look the part. So <laughs> today we're going to talk about episode five of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Only one to go. How are you feeling about that? I'm feeling pretty good. Um, I mean, obviously wishing there were more uh, episodes in terms of content that we would get to watch and enjoy. But overall with this episode, I had to kind of go back and actually kind of scrub through it quick because I watched it fairly early on Friday and I was like oh, I want to remember specific scenes that happened so I kind of like quickly like scrubbed through so I would say and I'm not sure if you feel this way this actually might be my favorite episode of the season so far I do agree um, yeah I think I just think they hit on so many different things that were the scenes were just so well put together in terms of the different conversations that we got between different characters and obviously we're visiting some some storylines that maybe had been touched in a while so i was really pleased with that and i thought the ending uh was was a good spot to end the episode in terms of kind of what we thought was going to happen but a kind of a cool way to do it and then we can touch on the post uh credit scene as well which was you know yeah. interesting <clears throat> to say the least but uh yeah <clears throat> before we get into any of that what, what was your uh impression of the episode i loved it it was um, so a few episodes back, we had talked about like if a show like Captain America, the Winter Soldier had been like uh, separated into episodes and aired week to week. And I'm like, you know, I probably I don't think I would have liked that movie if it aired that way. And it really feels the same way here where the first couple episodes, it's like, OK, introducing the action, all that stuff I don't really care about. And I just rewatched the Winter Soldier and it was like the same thing. The first like. 15 minutes of the movie is just action and no real character development or anything. And it was like, okay, I have to reevaluate the show knowing that, you know, I can't judge it episode by episode. We really have to like judge it as a whole. And now that we're nearing the end and with the second to last episode, really, like you said, revisiting a lot of uh, points that uh, uh, we saw earlier in the season and just bringing things together, having character arcs nearing their end uh, especially with Bucky. Uh, oh my word, I love Sam so much. I, I started really loving Sam last episode, but this episode completely won me over as why he would make such a great Captain America. And yeah, I, I love this episode quite a bit. Um, definitely my favorite by far so far. Yeah, I agree with you on the point about Sam. I came into the series not really caring about his character that much quite honestly because i just felt like he didn't really have much of a storyline at least compared to a lot of the other characters so i kind of came in just like okay like i don't really understand why he's a part of this at all quite honestly but to your point the last few episodes especially we've gotten to see a lot more of why to your point why he would make a good captain america why he is uh emulating Chris Evans, uh, Captain America, or Steve Rogers, Captain America, but obviously separate uh, from it in terms of his own, making it his own. So I'm glad it's not a carbon copy or anything like that. And I guess I, I think I do enjoy now, again, like you said, now that we're getting towards the end, we're kind of seeing holistically what they were going for. I I am glad that we're, we got to see the, the struggle that he had with it. 
uh, in terms of getting to the point where he felt uh, maybe not comfortable, but he felt like he was somebody that could take that on uh, and maybe not, maybe not feeling forced into it, but feeling like something that he wanted to do uh, and what he thought the world might need. So uh, I definitely agree with that because first few episodes, I was just like, yeah, I just don't really care about his character that much, at least compared to Bucky. So mm-hmm. it's been a nice progression. A good, It's been a good uh, build up to his character. So I really liked that. For sure. And, you know, it's definitely intentional. We look back and it's like, you know, what what's going on with this character? But now that we have the two extremes of Steve Rogers and Isaiah Bradley in terms of their view of the shield. Um, so like Steve Rogers gave Sam the shield like here, this is obviously for you. Like, why wouldn't you want this sort of thing? And then this episode with Sam talking to Isaiah Bradley and Isaiah saying no self-respecting black man would, you know, call himself Captain America. And, you know, him not wanting to see the shield outside of its uh, the whatever case it was in. You know, so Sam's really been between these two extremes and trying to figure out where he fits in all of this. And it's nice seeing that he's not going down the route of Steve Rogers and he's not going down the right route of Isaiah Bradley, but he's really finding his own path where he fits in this world, uh, especially as a black man, as a black superhero. And it's fascinating to watch. And this episode uh, hammered in a lot of those um, themes of um, those cultural touch points on uh, race um, and identity and yeah it, fascinating to watch his character growth in this season absolutely loved the isaiah bradley scene uh, i'm glad that we got to see more of that character in a more i guess calm setting <laughs> as opposed to where we saw him last time so it was nice just to see that conversation and just again um, maybe we're giving too much credit to Disney, but uh, you know, maybe more so the writers in terms of uh, being comfortable with putting out content that's dealing with this type of thing. And obviously, I think in terms of the, at least the timing of it was very interesting in terms of how it landed, especially given the fact that we're located in Minnesota and so yeah. much has happened, uh, obviously, with I'm using the word obviously a lot, but it is obvious, uh, unfortunately, (laughs) unfortunately, unfortunately, but with uh, George Floyd and now Dante Wright and just I I couldn't help but think about that when that episode when I watched that episode, just because that had just happened, Mm -hmm. the the Dante Wright stuff. So it's just it was just one of those things you're just like, man, like, yeah, Uh, really, obviously, they couldn't have planned that given how it when it was shot and when it was. Yeah, in terms of what happened, but uh, but you know the George Floyd stuff I assume had happened, so it was just very interesting, and I'm I'm sure it opens up a lot of opportunity for conversations that maybe not maybe wouldn't have happened uh, given the fact that it is such a massive show, mm-hmm. uh, or at least compared to others. So I haven't actually gone out and sought to see if there's been a lot of conversation about that, but I'm sure there there has. So um, I'm not sure if you've seen anything about that, um, how it connects to what's been going on. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting having this uh, channel. So if you're listening on uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, I also aired this on YouTube and on my YouTube channel, which is dedicated almost strictly to comic books. I get a lot of the old school uh, comic types that are uh, well-meaning, but um, maybe a little adverse to change and growth in some ways. And so it's been interesting with... um, 
hosting a couple things where uh, I'll get comments about, oh, why, why do comic books have to be so political? Why do these shows have to be so political? What is Disney doing? They're just, you know, chasing people away. And it's like, well, you know, <laughs> comic book heroes have kind of been political for, you know, 50 years now. So that's nothing new. And I think it's a good play by Disney to uh, connect the real world to uh, uh, experiences that are, you know, beyond just typical um, white comic book nerds uh, life experience. Yeah, definitely. So uh, that's what I've seen. I don't know. Um, beyond that, I haven't, um, I haven't seen too much negative outside of that sphere, uh, which has been good. Um, but I'm sure as more people watch it, as the show wraps up, because I know there's people who postpone watching shows to uh, binge it all at once. And so as people are introduced to the MCU through some of these Disney Plus shows, I think it's a good um, onboarding experience to be um, have a show, know that you're getting into a universe and a, a cinematic universe that's not afraid to um, include more diverse experiences. Yeah, absolutely agree with that. And it seems to be the case that maybe not in all of their movies and shows that they've been producing, but it seems more so maybe with Marvel having been around as long, they're giving more autonomy to the writers in terms of what they want to write and what type of things they want to make. So I say that in the hopes that that continues that, you know, kind of give just a, you know, for the lack of a better term, a blank check to some of these creatives say, Hey, you're just a really talented filmmaker. You're a really talented writer. I'm going to let you write what you want to write. And I think that's going to result in some really good content. So I just hope that continues because I think that's what happened with this show, at least from what I've seen, just because it's different from what we've seen so far. So they're at least taking, willing to take a chance which I think is good because they're for being such a big entity they would you would think they would want it to be as down the middle and as uncontroversial as possible so I'm just glad that you know yeah don't want to overpraise them because you know it's you know, it's a big corporation <laughs> big corporation but I'm just saying from a uh, creative storytelling filmmaking perspective I appreciate it yeah certainly and I'm sure some of their decisions are money based. Like they they have access to data, and they're oh definitely yes. But but if that's the case, and they're seeing oh more and more people are absolutely not only willing to hear uh, these themes in this medium and in this genre of storytelling, but are actually like looking for it and excited for it, like that's encouraging to me personally. So um, yeah, I'm all for the uh, modern political slash um, cultural commentary that's finding its way into the MCU. Yeah, absolutely. I wanted to know what you thought of, since we've you know touched on a lot of the themes of the episode, what, how you felt about John Walker's character's reaction to uh, being kicked out, essentially, I guess, of his role in, in the military and his, I guess, quick descent down... I don't know what the word would be, but uh, maybe insanity. <laughs> yeah, for lack of a better term, maybe. So it's uh, it is a it's a mental thing for sure. It's a mental health yeah. issue, um, and I have tons of sympathy for the character of John Walker, um, having known. Well, actually, both you and I, knowing uh, people who have been in Afghanistan and Iraq, 
And I know you know some of those people too that I'm talking about here that I have in mind and how they have come back changed by that experience. I have all the sympathy in the world for John Walker. And, um, you know, it's, it's another cultural commentary thing. Like PTSD affects people and changes people. And with the super soldier serum bringing out, uh, more of what's already in somebody like having that PTSD heightened and seeing him unravel from just his, um, well, he, what did he say? What was that line where he was talking to the senators about how, you know, he did everything that they told him to do and that they built him like, yeah, he was, he was, he was doing what he thought was best every step of the way even when it meant committing atrocities, like he's, it seemed like they were hinting at with the story of his uh, three uh, medals. So yep. a really great character and I'm, yeah, amazing character development. Yeah, absolutely. And to what you're, I think we talked about it maybe in the last episode a bit, but talking about how I think his character within that universe does make a lot of sense for, you know, continuation of Captain America in terms of his background, his character. But to your point, talking about the social commentary of how, and maybe not even himself realizing like how much of his experiences affected him and how maybe stepping into this role and the stress and the uh, situations he put in brought out some of these terrible experiences or re revisiting these terrible experiences and obviously seeing his friend getting killed as well, which I'm sure he saw. Lots of his other friends get killed in Afghanistan as well. Kind of triggered it a lot as well. On top of the serum, which to your point was from what we have observed, but maybe not know, probably heightens a lot of uh, emotions and just your overall, the way that your body responds. So it's uh, it's a pretty tragic character. And I hope that's how the character is treated and not like he just becomes a bad guy because that's what they need him to be i hope it is. Yeah, I mean, he I, can be a bad guy maybe but in terms in terms of it being a tragic story with the way that to your you know this kind of fallen uh soldier who came back and tried to you know continue to follow orders but uh wasn't able to you know live up to the weight of of what captain america was and maybe hadn't dealt with all of the uh mental uh stress that he had gone through in the war my hope is that as we see him in the MCU, whether it's another show or a movie or whatever, I hope that part of his character arc, like you said, isn't that he's just, oh, look at this villain, you know, sort of like treated similar to how um, like a character like Crossbones in uh, what movie was that? Civil War. Um, but that part of his character arc is that he does find a way to get help and, you know, kind of... Um, overcome some of the mental struggles that uh started with his experiences in war so i i hope they go that way and speaking of that uh, we got to talk about the cameo with uh julie louis dreyfus what did you think of that i'm honest with you that like totally threw me off in the sense of like did it take you out of the show yes uh, and it's funny that because we didn't even talk about that before. So it, the fact that you brought that up is good because I, I thought about that before we hopped on was I remember watching the episode and just being really into it and really enjoying how it kicked off and everything. And then that happened. And I like obviously I recognize her as an, as an, an actress, but like that whole scene was just weird. I 
I thought at least kind of awkward. And then it continued and it was back to where it was. So it just seemed like it was like thrown in there. Uh, and I'm sure it has implications obviously with their character and potentially from the comic books, but I don't know. How did you feel? I'm assuming you, maybe you felt similarly to that. Cause it's just I, fascinating. Yeah, I did. It, it was, <laughs> it was like introduced as though, well, okay. Let me put it this way. Um, are you okay with some potential spoilers for black widow? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. And just spoiler alert for our audience, for our listeners and viewers. Um, I'll give them a second to click out. Uh, with Black Widow, there's some um, reporting that she was originally or is still going to show up in Black Widow in a post credit scene, potentially. And Black Widow was supposed to come out first. And so that would have been, oh, we've seen this character before. And now when we see her in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, it wouldn't have been as jarring since we would have had that precedent. So like as soon as we saw the heels, it would have been like, oh, it's uh, it's that character. Here she comes. We know what's going to happen now. So I'm assuming that she shows up in Black Widow to recruit um, whoever the villain, Taskmaster, whoever in that movie to build her team, similar to how Nick Fury's, uh, how he built the Avengers. So I'm guessing she's building like a dark Avengers type team. Um, but yeah, it was like, <laughs> she's a great actress and I'm super happy to have her in the MCU. But that scene was like, oh, what's going on now? And what this is not the cameo I was expecting, but I guess it's it's fine. But it really took me out because it I had to adjust. And so uh, I think that scene would have worked a lot better had it followed Black Widow and her appearance in that movie. That makes a lot more sense because it did feel like, at least in retrospect, that we should have recognized her, at least knew what she was doing. So when it did happen now, it was just like, okay, who's this random person? I know who the actress is. Like, she must be important, but I have no, nothing to like help me figure out what the heck this is supposed to mean. So yeah, it just seemed like kind of stuck in there. Maybe makes sense down the road. Like I said, maybe when, when back Black Widow co- comes out and we see her, but yeah, maybe that'll make more sense. Cause yeah, it was just probably the weirdest part of the episode <laughs> in terms of just like every, if that scene hadn't yeah. been there, like, I don't think we would have missed anything like it wouldn't have felt like yeah empty or it would just been like okay yeah it was really tacked on yeah exactly um but i'm kind of excited for a dark avengers team what my personal theory is that um so we're gonna have his character um starting a uh dark avengers team with usa agent um as sort of that first member and i think that we'll also have a thunderbolts team because Zemo is going to the raft, which is uh, overseen kind of by uh, General Thunderbolt Ross, uh, who we've seen in previous movies. So some people are saying that we're only going to get one team, like a mashup of the Dark Avengers and Thunderbolts team. Um, but the way it's looking, because Zemo's going one place and USA agents going another direction, it seems like um, I think we're going to have both. And to me, that's pretty exciting. That sounds cool because I don't have any context into what any of that is from my comic book perspective. So right on. it's exciting to me. So I, I have no, no context. So yeah. That sounds awesome though. Yeah. And with that post-credit scene that we had in this episode, which you saw, correct? I did. Yeah. 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 So really uh, calling back to that Iron Man pounding his armor together and how Iron Man was the first 
Avenger recruited. Now we have John Walker being the first Stark Avenger recruited. So it seems like that's the way it's going and I'm all for it. So it'll be interesting <laughs> to see how that plays out with having so many teams in the MCU and whether or not that's going to be shown in movies or TV shows or what. But to me, that indicates that there's so much steam left in the MCU, so many yeah. stories left to tell. Isn't there still potential like Young Avengers too? And the Young Avengers too. Yeah, they're building so, towards that. Yep, for, that looks like. For sure. How did you feel about the after credit scene? Because I know what they're going for, but I couldn't help myself but think it was kind of funny the whole time <laughs> him putting together like a crappy steel shield that yeah, part exactly <laughs> it was like it like was shot well and looked cool but like you could see the metal like all flimsy as he's like putting it on i'm like cool dude you're gonna like show up and just get rocked but it's so symbolic of like where he's at where he is the yeah. steel crappy put together version of captain america and he thinks like he is captain america but in reality he's just gonna be a dude carrying a steel shield that's uh, never going to live up to the real thing. So uh, I assume we'll see him in the season finale with him potentially, yeah. but maybe not. Maybe that's the last we see him for a while, but it's going to be interesting seeing him fight with that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's going to get too far, <laughs> no. too far with that. But. Yeah. Yeah, but it was, yeah, very metaphorical. A lot going on there. Maybe almost too heavy-handed with him, you know, using his uh, medals as part of the construction of the piece, but yeah it was like dude you're not you're you're not you're not gonna do so good with that i did see i did see an interesting mashup online it wasn't very long but it was cutting between steve rogers and uh john walker how john walker every time he was captain america and he introduced himself he'd say i'm captain america and every time steve rogers would do he'd say hi i'm steve rogers i just yeah. thought it was like this cool like that's really cool showing show how different they were as characters and one thing i did want to bring up actually that i thought of that was not something that's jarring but more so confirmed that i have no idea what it does is how does the shield work because i have no idea how it works because sam's throwing it and catching it and i'm just like he's just a regular dude He's not a super soldier, yeah. which makes more sense to me, but like he's throwing it around. Like they showed him like, you know, dropping it, messing up, but he's like still catching it. And I'm like, I feel like that would really hurt. <laughs> <laughs> so over the, over the weekend, I watched the Captain America trilogy. So first Avenger, Winter Soldier and Civil War. And the amount that his shield, like the rules of his shield varied in those three movies. And even like Steve Rogers strength levels, how much that varied in the movies was pretty pretty interesting to me like the first time we see the shield um it's uh peggy carter shoots at it and the bullets just drop directly yeah. to the floor and then later well and then they say that it's like three times lighter than steel or whatever so much lighter but light enough to be tossed like a frisbee like it is i don't know about that um but then in later movies we see captain america using it to like um volley bullets back at the people who are shooting at him um, so that seems like that's a different form of physics. And <laughs> in Civil War, Spider-Man even makes the statement that uh, your shield doesn't really obey the laws of physics as it like boomerangs back to him. <laughs> so um, to me, the shield is basically just magic and there's no explaining how it works. It's, ba it's basically like Earth Mjolnir where it just like flies yeah. around and, hits yeah. and comes back somehow. Yep. That's Yeah, I was just, when he was throwing it back and forth when him and Bucky were talking, I was just like, are we not going to address the fact that 
he's just catching this and nothing's happening. <laughs> like it was just like so nonchalant. And I was yeah. Like, okay. Well, I guess yeah. we're just gonna accept the fact that this is how it works. And if I if I train and do enough flips, I'll be able to do it all the time. Yep. So. yep. Which was a cool montage. Like it was a cool montage. Yep. It just was funny. Yeah, it was really funny. Yeah, it's the um, it's the equivalent of the Doctor's uh, sonic screwdriver. It, it, the shield does whatever the writers and showrunners need it to do. Whatever looks cool. Yeah, and I'm not like against that. Like that's fine. It was just one of those things where it's just, when it's like a regular person doing it, like who has nothing. You know, it'd be like if Black Widow was doing it, I'd be like, "What, what the heck's going on?" Like yeah. or any of the human characters, it's still yeah. confusing to me because yeah. they're just like. Yep, we're just playing catch with throwing it <laughs> off this tree. Yeah, yeah so, it, so it's supposed to absorb vibrations and it's supposed to be super light. So it could, yeah, I could see it being used like a frisbee, but then I don't understand how it has so much force when it hits somebody. If it like, you know, I don't know. Somebody... Some people, some people catch it and it's fine. Yeah, not yeah, exactly. Um, somebody let me know down in the comments on youtube watching this somebody knows better than us yeah because it's it seems all over the place in the movie so i don't know (laughs) but i I did think about that too but it was a cool it was a cool bonding scene and i really loved uh the bonding that happened in this episode with sam and bucky and you know uh bucky flirting with sam's sister as we talked about a little bit that was great (laughs) great. yeah (laughs) so funny don't flirt with my sister and then there's he's just all smiles (laughs) Yeah, you were saying something about that right before we got on about how he was smiling and very small scene. And I only bring it up because we talked about it at the very beginning with the first episode was I thought it was interesting that Bucky was sleeping on the couch when he yep. woke up, which yep. was kind of whether intentional or not. It was just like, again, showing progression of yeah. maybe being more comfortable or mm-hmm. uh, just dealing with the things that he's dealing with. So I, it was just a little scene when I saw it after the fact I thought about it. I was like, oh, yeah, he was sleeping on the couch and he was. He didn't mm-hmm. wake up like in a. He didn't have a nightmare. Like a night terror or anything like that. I was just like, that's that's it's a subtle thing that they don't call out, but I I just loved it. It was beautiful, and you know, Sam helping Bucky, uh, giving him that advice of you, you've been avenging people, not um, amending, and, or whatever the words he used, but like needing to actually care more about what his actions do for the person that he's trying to make amends with, rather than what his actions do for him and so i'm i'm expecting that next episode we'll probably have a scene with bucky and that old man from episode one or two um so that's going to be probably pretty pretty heart-wrenching to watch him um you know tell that guy that he killed his son so that's one prediction i have for the finale that's probably going to happen i'm glad you brought that up because that is like probably the only storyline i can think of that hasn't really that hasn't been addressed yet so that that would make a lot of sense so that's i'll have to remember that to see if that look happens. out for that yeah um the other prediction i have for the finale i'm all about uh the theory that uh shannon carter is um a power broker what do you think of that theory i think it makes a lot of sense and they have certainly haven't done anything to make you think otherwise so yeah i buy into that absolutely yeah, it, it seems straightforward. A lot of people are saying that um, they don't, they would not like that if that were the, were the case because she's the one that led them to uh, the scientist Nagel that created the um, uh, super super soldier serum and how that might, have, but 
we don't really know her motivation. We don't know what the motivations of the power broker are, and we don't know what the motivations of uh, Agent 13, Shannon Carter are. So, but it just seems like that would be the route to go because she's disenfranchised from her country. She has, you know, she's been away from home for a long time. And while everyone else has gotten pardons, she's just kind of been left out in the cold. So it would make sense that she's fending for herself and using her um, skills to, you know, kind of <laughs> carve out quite a uh, uh, powerful existence in Madripoor. Yeah. I think the only... I don't know if it's a prediction and, it, and it's based off of i guess what's happened what's the name of the agent or soldier who whatever he is who's been helping sam out um torres torres that's what i thought it was but i wasn't wasn't 100 sure do you think he will be the new falcon yep yep for that's, sure i'm 100 correct yeah and then with this episode where sam says keep the wings yeah like I'm like, oh, okay, cool. It's happening. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. I just saw something when I was Googling some stuff the other night uh, about that. They said so, like something I read. It was I didn't even care that it was like spoiled for me because it was, you know, like you said, heavily implied. But I was like, oh, I didn't know if that was like based off of anything. So it would make a lot of sense. So and I'm, I think that would be fine. Which, and, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. I didn't have Which leads into the... Um, uh, the question of what's in that box. What do you think is in the box from Wakanda? What's in the box? Um, great question. I don't have anything to base it off of uh, that you might. So I don't really know outside of... Well, the thing that popped in my head doesn't make any sense. I was going to say something oh, let's hear it. along the lines of a black panther suit or something like that or something based off similarly to what he had but which which probably would make a lot of sense but no i'm not 100 percent sure in terms of what i think it's going to be outside of some sort of technology or suit that'll help him as captain america which i think he'll need if he's not you know induced with the serums so, mm-hmm. yeah it's a uh, huge power he'll, upgrade he'll need, he'll need something yeah he'll need mm-hmm. something to help him uh, a la uh tony stark so makes a lot of sense but do you know or do you have a theory um there's some like toy pictures of him wearing like a red white and blue falcon costume but since he gave up his wings i don't know how um, accurate that is and i don't know if the wakandans would make him like a red white and blue (laughs) costume i don't know it it would be interesting though like thematically that would be interesting for wakanda to sign off on him like to have that really stamp of approval hey you are uh you are captain america like that would be a really interesting so you know what that's going to be my prediction i think it's going to be a red white and blue suit i don't know if it's going to have the wings he's been kind of like just practicing with the shield without the wings um so maybe i don't know if there's going to be like two falcons like with his sidekick now with torres or if he's just going to have like a super upgraded Falcon suit from Wakanda as well. But yeah, my guess definitely some sort of um, uh, upgrade to his attire that um, evens out his power versus the uh, super soldiers. Yeah, I like that. My uh, one last thing I have, and then if you have something else, we'll go there too. But I, the Flag Smashers... um, they're going to attack 
the G20 unit because, and then I wrote this down because um, I hadn't been super clear on what was happening with that vote, uh, but the vote is on the Patch Act, which is, um, uh, if passed, it would move 20 million refugees back to their country of origin. Um, so it makes sense why the Flag Smashers would be um, fighting against that. But what I do wonder, and I want to run this by you, we've talked about this in previous episodes, but what I do wonder is if the shakiness of their motivation throughout the season was affected by um, a dropped pandemic storyline. And the reason I want to bring it up again is because I just watched, like I said, the Captain America movies. And at the start of Civil War, uh, Crossbones is like stealing a um, infectious disease vial. Uh, and then it, that is completely dropped. And having watched these movies and picked up on foreshadowing that has now showed up in the show and, and other shows like uh, WandaVision, I have to wonder if that scene was intentional and it was hinting at the Flag Smashers doing something with uh, an stealing a vial of infectious disease and releasing it. So I don't know. What do you think? I still think that, that makes a lot of sense and is currently probably headcanon in terms of what I think was planned because I also think it was hinted at during the season with that first fight with the Flag Smashers on top of the ship where he's like, when he's in it, he's literally like, what's in there? He's like, oh, it's like a bunch of vaccines and vials, which would be like, maybe there was vaccines for like a, you know, yeah. a virus that was happening or a pandemic or something right. like that. So, and maybe they just like, you know, kept it in there and just never addressed it again because they had to move away. Mm -hmm. So I think it makes a lot of sense. And like, to your point, when you first brought it up, it makes way more sense in terms of their motivation to want to do something like that, as opposed to right now. I still feel like I'm not 100% sure what. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense why they would want to stop this vote. But yeah, then sure. what? But Wouldn't there just be, so yeah, yeah, it's like, okay, you stop the vote uh, and they just get together and vote later. Like, I don't know. Like, it's a weird... We'll see, I guess, how uh, that G20 summit attack yeah. scene goes in the next episode. But yeah, it seems like a bummer with the pandemic having affected the final episode of WandaVision and potentially having affected that uh, appearance of um, uh, Julie Louis Dreyfus. I have to carefully say her name because yeah. I stumble over every time um, with her character showing up and uh, with the dropped, potentially dropped pandemic line. So it's just kind of a bummer how COVID has continually to strike in unexpected ways, but what can you do? Anything else you got from this episode? I can't think of anything else specifically. I think we hit on most of the major things that I was hoping we'd talk about. So yeah, I can't think of anything. Right else on. Yeah, I'll check my list real quick just to see if there's anything. Um, oh, one thing for my uh, comic collector viewers. I am getting pretty... So Aaron, have we talked about Adam Brashear before at the um, uh, Blue Marvel? I think maybe we brought that character up episode I one don't recognize it so i don't think so so he was a character uh he's uh like the first black superhero who operated in the 60s and he wore like a full body costume and then his costume broke and it was revealed that there was a black man underneath the costume and the public reaction to that wasn't great and so he was kind of forced into retirement um for like uh 30 35 40 years um now with uh, isaiah 
Bradley having been introduced into the MCU, I kind of doubt we're going to get such a similar story to Isaiah. Um, so um, I had been hoping to see uh, that story um, show up in the MCU with Adam Brashear. But right now with um, Isaiah Bradley, it sort of feels like they're kind of merging those two characters and it would be too much of an overlap to really have another similar story to Isaiah's. But we'll see what happens there. But that's just was kind of one of my comic thoughts right there. So hard to know what will happen, but it would seem repetitive to me. Yeah, for not knowing who, who that character is, just when you explained his storyline, I was like, yeah, that sounds almost, not exactly, but extremely similar to right. Bradley. So yeah, so, yeah, and you as a non-comic book reader, but lover of the MCU, like, it would feel repetitive to you, right? I think so. I mean, they could certainly do it probably well in terms of introducing the character, but just hearing their storyline side by side, it's like, okay, well, in my opinion, Isaiah Bradley's is more interesting in the context of this show. Mm -hmm. But not to say that they couldn't introduce him down the line somehow, yeah. given I don't know how he's normally interacted with the story. But yeah, definitely sounds extremely similar. So it would yeah. make sense that they wouldn't want that overlap so you don't lose any weight. Uh, from, from Isaiah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You so, don't want to cheapen Isaiah. And I do hope we see a lot more of Isaiah. And it is interesting that they CGI'd his age, so he's older. And indicating that we'll oh, probably yeah. see, okay. yeah. Um, so that to me indicates that we'll see a younger version of him, maybe um, a flashback to like his time in Korea. I don't know, that'd be kind of cool. Be awesome. I'd love to see that. Anything like that, I love. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I remember with, with X Men when they had the during one of the Wolverine movies where they showed the montage of him going through the wars. I was like, can mm -hmm. we just get that movie? Because I would love that. That would oh, be amazing. So. Speaking of which, we might get that series. I don't know if you've heard about that. Are you serious? A Wolverine series. That's an anthology. That's um, like each season would be a different time period. No, I did not hear that. And that sounds amazing as I'm just reacting to it. So I'm all for that because I just remember having that thought when that movie came out years ago, being like, that was the best part of the movie was that montage and they could have just made a movie about him going to the wars and that would be fascinating so if if that's the case and assuming it's done correctly and it's going to be obviously very controversial for whoever they pick as yeah. marine <laughs> so bad for him. That'll, that'll, get, that'll be the first barrier is picking somebody that people can at least accept because it's going to be hard to get past uh, a new a new wolverine so but just hearing from it very excited so i hope i hope that does well for sure for sure. Um, all right, cool. Well, let's wrap it up there if you're cool with that. Yeah, it works for me. Right on. So next week, this Friday, we will have the final episode and we'll get a um, recording done shortly thereafter, um, just with our thoughts on the uh, season finale, as well as just a um, look back at the season as a whole. I have a feeling uh, just how I'm looking back at it after episode five that I'm going to be quite pleased, but you know, Season finales don't always land, <laughs> as we know from Game of Thrones. <laughs> yes. So we'll see how it goes. But I'm hoping for the best and expecting the best. Same here. Right on. Thank you, Aaron, as always. Yeah, thank you. Everybody else, keep it positively nerdy, and we'll see you next week.